We are live from the Mercury Theatre and I've got some friends here with me. Uh, welcome along to our giant group counselling session. Uh, we thought we'd have a very public, private moment. Uh, we've been on a, a series lately called Entrusted. It's really uh, just a real nice name of saying uh, financial stewardship. Tonight, we're just going to open up a few questions with the team, uh, and I pray it blesses you wherever you are. But uh, team, how have you found uh, the Entrusted series so far? Um, I've absolutely loved it, eh? Like, I think, it's, I think it's cool. I also think it's cool that you're uh, matching color scheme as me fashion-wise. <laughs> Uh, you can stop watching me get, get my <laughs> You know what they say, monkey see, monkey do. Um, no, but in terms of entrusted, I've absolutely loved it because, um, you know, I think sometimes people get a bit funny about money and, uh, and the church, and you're like, the church just wants my money, and so people, sometimes we shy away from it, um, but I love that as a church, we're, we're bold enough to talk about it because it has such a massive impact on our life. You know, the Bible addresses and talks about it so much, and you know, and for us to be talking about this stuff, um, you know, beyond just our tithe and, and actually looking after and being good stewards actually sets us up to have an epic life, you know, which is the point of our faith, you know, God's not just like, hey, your sins are forgiven, do what you want. It's like, hey, let's, let's journey this together. And that's why I love um, what's been happening through this whole series. Yeah, I love how it's um, relevant in terms of finance and money. Um, I guess it's not limited to the church. It's actually uh, re- uh, relative to everybody in our worlds and our, in our lives and in our households. So to cover this subject, I think it's an awesome idea. It's a great initiative. Yeah, um, there's, a, there's a quote I like by Apostle um, Snoop Dogg, um, and he, when, he, when he says, you know, I've got my mind on my money and my money on my mind, I think, you know, this series has been great for it, it's, yeah. Yeah, you know, I, I love the fact that God, um, God's, like, the goal is not just to get to heaven, uh, God also has a plan for us to live an awesome life here. Heaven's going to be incredible, but... Yeah. Actually, our life here on earth can be pretty awesome with God too. And I just love the fact, you know, money's an area that can kind of try and keep a lot of people kind of feeling a bit bound or under it. And here's an opportunity just to learn how to live in a, in a financial freedom uh, and experiencing that. But, uh, you know, the thing I do want to ask is kind of just from the journey we've been on with this series and things you've learned in life, any like significant moments of like revelation or realization that have kind of uh, caught your attention or God's spoken to you through a situation? Uh I've loved this series. I think it's been, been so sick. One of the themes that, that has been brought up in a few of the messages was this whole idea of holistic stewardship. You know, that like, I, can, I can give my 10% to God, uh, but God actually wants me to be wise with the other 90%. Um, and that whole has been like, oh, man, I actually got to be a lot better with the, with the bigger part of my, my financial world. You know, like, I can't, you know, just tick off my tithe box by giving my 10% and then be unwise and go drop the other 90% at the casino or you're like, you know, something like that. Um, but that, yeah, that's what I mean, like revelation and a good eye-opener. You know? That's cool. Um, one thing that I've really learned, I've been reminded of over this series is that um, seasons of lack that I've had in my life serve me directly today more than what I realized. Um, you know, I think we've, if we'd all be honest, maybe even right now, you know, you're going through a season of lack or not having enough or wanting more. Um, but those seasons actually set us up for the future. And uh, why I, I think I've realized that is because when I didn't have much, I saw God come through for me because I really needed 
needed him to. I was desperate. I needed God to come through for me. And he did. And he showed and um, proved himself faithful to me. And so through that, now I can look back and go, cool, God's faithful. I don't have a fear of giving anymore. And, you know, as we go on in life, like costs only get higher. Like 10 years ago, you know, I was boarding at someone's house. I didn't have to pay much. You know, now I've got a mortgage to cover. And what that can do is as we get further along in life, there can be a tendency to pull back because, oh, my costs are higher. I've got more at stake now. You know, you may have kids, a family, different things like that. But if you've had those periods of lack, it's like, no, I remember when I didn't have much and God was faithful and he came through for me. So even if I give now and the stakes are higher, I can do it because I know that God will come through and I can trust in him. Um, I love the idea around the int- intentionality that we've had around this series as well, like um, to be intentional with our money, like Kit was saying, you know, what we do with the other 90%, you know, as much as you might want to drop it at the casino, uh, you know, it's, it's important. Is that a weird joke? Maybe we shouldn't go down that way. Sorry, Scott. Uh, <laughs> um, but, you know, I remember when I got my first full-time job, uh, it was epic because, um, you know, it was, you know, I was getting like a full-time salary, I had a car that was given to me, uh, clothing sponsorship, and I got to live at home for free, as I had no expenses. It was the dream, and uh, I honestly had nothing to show for it. Like, I had no savings and no money at the end of every week, and like, not even anything nice. Like, it was just literally just going on food. <laughs> um, but I love that, you know, we're, we're stewards, and, and there's an intentionality of, of what, if we're not intentional with what we're doing, with it, you know, it kind of just disappears. And something that I've really wanted in terms of my family and what I've seen is to be generous. Um, and even with generosity, there's an intentionality about it. And, and for us, something practical we've done is, um, you know, put money away to be generous um, you know, and have those goals in our life, you know, for a house or whatever, but also we want to be generous people. And so how do we steward that 90% so that that allows us to be generous. Yeah, and you, you actually had a friend kind of help you structure, structure your finances, eh? Yeah, yeah, I mean, he pulled me aside one day and he was like, bro, this is insane. Uh, <laughs> so he's like, and so he made me listen to some like really good teaching um, on, on financial stewardship around seeding, sowing and saving. And then he also gave me, he went to a bank and found out like the best app to use that helped me like open a whole bunch of like accounts uh, and then put money away in different places and and ever since then it's been awesome like you know we got to we don't necessarily earn like you know we're not multi-millionaires but we've got to live like a really not even close uh, but we've got <laughs> but we've got to live a really comfortable life like God's just come through time and time again and it's it's awesome yeah, and, and I love that because that, just that thought of your friend helping you out because I don't know about you guys, but sometimes you, you, you only know what you know. Yeah. And like when it comes to dealing with money or stewardship, you only know what you know. And actually sometimes, you know, money's one of those things where people don't really like to talk about their financial situation. Uh, but it's the reality is realizing actually there's times where I've just got to ask for help. Yeah. There's times where it's like, hey, it's, it's not that I'm bad, it's just I don't know and I need to go and find out. And we, we're actually okay at doing that in a whole lot of other areas, but when it comes to money, we're not so good at just going, hey, can I get some help? I don't actually know what I'm doing here. Uh, I'm living at home and I've got, a car. I don't know how you got clothing sponsorship. Uh, I feel like we got the same clothing sponsorship. Uh, but, you know, there's a realization of, ah, oh, man, actually, I just need to ask for help and kind of take taking the pressure off some of that. And, uh, you know, I, I guess even on that note, 
I know, you know, like come, I was lucky enough to grow up in a household like with a mother who taught me about generosity and how to give to God and, and a, a mum that knew how to budget and, and kind of really uh, raised our family, uh, not on a lot, but, but managed to make it work and trust God on that journey. Uh, but I know for a lot of people, they get saved and they come to know Jesus and it's like, yeah, take my sin away. And then it's like, oh, wait a minute, God also wants a say into how I live. And, and that journey of realizing God, God does remove our sin, but God's also got a plan on how we live. And uh, how do you, you kind of navigate, I guess, the tension or the struggle around like, I'll, I need to renew my mind in some areas around finances? I think for me, like what, I've learned many things about giving over the years, but um, one thing that's really stuck with me is uh, God always exceeds the sacrifices that I made, you know, with his faithfulness and with his generosity. Like his generosity is far greater than anything I've ever given him. And um, one thing that has really also stuck with me is that forgiving, um, it's brought me a lot more security than withholding ever did. And that by the more, you know, the more generous that we live our lives, the more we give to God, the more He inputs back to us. And for me, what's really helped me more than anything probably um, in this area of finance in my life has been getting to know God, like actually daily spending time with Him. Because the more you spend time with God, the more you get to trust Him. And the more you trust Him, the easier it is to give the less um, money has a hold on you, you know? And um, God's uh, faithfulness, His heart towards us is always that we would prosper. And I think when we go into um, giving, into this era of giving with that mindset, it's like, when I give, I'm not gonna be in lack. I'm actually gonna have more. Even if in the natural, you know, it looks like, like I think some people, if they looked at what Scott and I would give, they'd go, in the natural, it doesn't make sense and you're probably not wise. However, we have never lacked, but we've actually had far greater and, you know, um, God's given us far more than what we've ever given him. And um, yeah, it's the greatest security you could ever have. It's always a fun conversation with the mortgage broker. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I was going to say, like, similar to Leela, the more that we get to know God, the more that we actually can hear his voice and we know his voice when he speaks. And I remember, and I wouldn't like go out and just broadly recommend this, but I remember actually handing in a resignation before I gotten a job and I was like oh man I'm not going to tell my parents because they're not going to they're not going to look at this through a faith lens but I felt like so strongly that God was saying if you don't step out you're like are you trusting me with with bigger things in your life if this is just a small thing that I can come through for you and I remember um it was I think two days later I got a call like just saying hey you've got this job do you like do you want it and I was like oh my gosh, God, what are you doing? So yeah, it's just God makes big, like leaps, small, like yeah, yeah, with faith in him, big things just seem a little bit more doable and a little bit more like, oh yeah, I can do this because God's like holding me. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, um, the same thing, just around, I think it's really, for me, important to think of everything in the context of relationship, and anything out of that just seems real, like rules and regulations, but when we think about um, stewarding our finances, and we know, like, um, the Bible says you can't serve money and God, and stewarding our finances um, actually puts money in its right place and prioritizes God above everything else. So I think in the context of relationship, um, even getting used to the idea of having... God have a say in your finances, it's like, well, 
I love you <laughs> and I trust you and um, you love me. And so because of that, I will, you know, listen to you and move on that. So, yeah. Yeah, and I think um, in Proverbs 3, verse 4, it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. And I think that for me, I remember going to Bible college and feeling like that was just a crazy leap of faith because I came from a full-time job. I finished university and then God told me to go to Bible college and my parents were freaking out because they were like, what are you doing with your life? You're Indian, you need to get married. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, but um, in saying that, that year of Bible college, I remember um, paying off all the fees for Bible college by cash. I remember going to the Philippines trip and paying for it. And it's that whole sense that God is like what Grace was saying around, you know, he meets you in that space of that great leap of faith that God is someone that you can really trust, but it doesn't necessarily make sense. But God is supernatural. And I think that's the whole thing around this series is God is supernatural. And what you put in the natural, God can multiply it more than you can ever believe. Yeah. That's so good. And I just also like in the scriptures how it just talks about how we don't ever lack anything. And I just don't know for myself that there have been times right now where it's a real struggle sometimes. <laughs> and, and so it's just knowing that, man, the birds of the air get clothed, you know, like God looks after the smallest things. So knowing that whatever you're going through or whatever I'm going through, like God's got it. And so again, like Seth was saying with relationship, knowing that God is a good God who um, we've talked about it throughout the series too, that our stuff doesn't actually belong to us, it belongs to God. And so when we know that, it's kind of also a bit of relief because you're like, hey God, it's your problem, not necessarily mine. So do your thing. But no, yeah. Yeah, I'd even just like to ask a question. This is a safe space team and I'm sure the people out there are safe uh, with your secrets. But uh, just any any kind of, any testimonies or stories or, or hurdles you've had to overcome on your journey around this whole idea of stewardship? Yeah, I guess for me, um, I had to go through the whole um, process of unlearning that money defines who I am. Uh, so growing up in the single mother household, um, we lived in a one-bedroom one um, flat, and at primary school, word got ra- around that um, I lived in this house. So as a result of that, um, I got bullied hard out, and from that moment, it kind of formed this mindset where... Um, I ended up being real insecure and very conscious of um, the things that I had. So I guess growing up and becoming a young adult, I uh, got a hold of money, got into a job, and from the get-go, my attitude towards um, finances was to gain material things, to feel included, to feel like I can fit in. And um, as a result, I guess I, I learned things the wrong way, and I ended up getting into like heaps of debt, um, getting a bad uh, bad name, bad record. So um, to let God in and actually journey with him has been like a hard process to unlearn these attitudes and let God um, bring healing to, to areas of my life that aren't necessarily related to the finance part, but actually just like who, who he wants me to be, identity. So. Wow. wow. And you got a bit of a testimony on the back end of all that now, eh? Yeah, so um, as, a, as a result um, of letting God in, I've been able to um, become debt-free. So it's been just over a year. Uh, so the debt that I had accumulated on my own coming out of high school, all those higher purchases and all those bad decisions, like managed to um, get that sorted out. So on the right track, um, want to like, get a house eventually for, for me, my wife, and our future family, all those sort of things. But I had to do the steps now go on that journey to put things back in order the way God had intended. So, so good. 
Oh, yeah, um, I was going to say there was, I think it was Esther who was talking about um, one night was like breaking down altars um, that had kind of been putting up. And I didn't think that this necessarily applied to me. And then as she went on, I was like, oh, wow, God, I kind of have lived in this box of, I think it was just a bit of a poverty mindset, like what I grew up with and looking at friends and how they lived and then going home and seeing how I lived. And it was just kind of didn't fit the criteria of what I expected a childhood or anything really to look like. And um, I think that just gradually over the years, I just kind of, I let it sit on my shoulders and I let it just kind of be there like, oh yeah, this is just life. This is just my life. And this is just how it is going to be. Um, And I know that even just coming into like, this is our first year of marriage. And I really had, (laughs) I really had to um, just break down some of those thought patterns of oh like this is actually all I'm going to get this is all I'm worth this is all you know those those things that God actually has never said about me and never will say about me um and just kind of breaking and demolishing those so that was a really powerful one for me in the series yeah um just a personal um testimony um this year uh, around COVID, the first lockdown, um, my husband Josh lost his job. And um, that was really challenging for us because we, you know, as you grow up and thinking we're going to hit these kind of milestones, especially as like a young adult. And um, you're kind of like, I'm going to, you know, do this by this stage of marriage or this stage of life. And um, when he lost his job, we made this conscious decision to keep being generous with wisdom. Obviously, we don't want to get more into debt because that's not what God wants for us. But um, we decided, you know, we're still going to give because the principle of giving giving is so much more greater than what we have here on earth. And so um, during that time, um, Josh then got another job, but then the second lockdown, then he lost his job again. And, um, but I can tell you from this year, we have given the most we've ever given. We have paid off more debt in like a week than we did all of last year, which is crazy because we were like, we had full-time jobs last year and now we're both like not in the same position. And um, just God's faithfulness that God will never leave you nor forsake you in whatever situation and as long as you put him first, yeah. Yeah, I guess for me, like a mindset change that I've had has been, I guess not when I have... Not a lot of money on my bank account, which is most of the time. I'm not, I'm not poor. I mean, God's entrusted me, um, you know, with life, and I've got God's whole kingdom. And so, like, a little bit like Matt was saying, my life's not defined by my bank account or by my personal belongings. But then I've also been really challenged just over this series that when I'm saving up for stuff and I want to buy something real bad, I'm, I'm a little bit like, well, no, what I'm buying, is it honoring God? You know, God's entrusted me with this money to save up. I'm like, am I giving it to God or am I just getting stuff for myself? And so, yeah, for me, that's been a huge, um, yeah, huge mindset to break. And I just love what you're saying there, just around the idea of like, yeah, God, oh, God's actually trusted me with this. Is this how I should be using it? I was even just thinking early on this week, like, man, God trusts me. Like, I know me and I don't know if I'd trust me as much as God trusts me. Uh, but God knows everything about me and goes, no, actually, I want to entrust some things towards him. And each one of us are trusted by God. Uh, and it's just a crazy thought. I just want to, yeah, just even open that up, that, that kind of thought. How does that kind of shift the way you act or respond thinking, man, God trusts me? Yeah, it's true. It's, it's quite for me, it's kind of a privilege to know that God trusts me because, like you said, Scott, it can be ooh, 
sometimes. But um, I think it's just awesome because we all bring something different to God's kingdom and we all have a plan and a purpose, you know. And so what I have is different to what you guys will have, but the fact that God wants to use what's on my life and in my life is quite powerful. And I think when you realize that what you have is important, then you realize that also with God on your side, you can do whatever you need to, like he'll help you. Yeah, I kind of love that thought, what um, God's given you, um, he's trusted you to use. And I think like the same thing, just there's this intentionality around what we have and what God's given us. Uh, but that's not just one thing in my life, but there's every, everything that God's given me, whether it's my flat, um, conversations, having dinner with people, everything he'll use um, uh, to bring people closer to him. And finances isn't an uh, exception to that. And so I think having that intention, oh my gosh, everything that I have is God's and he wants to use all of it. So finance is a big part of that, I think is like really makes you intentional about how you use things. Um, you know, the idea of like God trusting me is like, is pretty crazy because in order to trust someone, you need to have skin in the game. Like, you know, it's like, it's easy to trust my neighbor to look after his neighbor's dog. Like, I don't, like, I, haven't, I don't care about that dog. Yeah. I mean, I care about my dog. <laughs> yeah. um, but what that means is, you know, like when God trusts us with something, that, that's something that God cares about. Like our lives, he cares about that. Our finances, he cares about that because he cares about our lives. He loves us. And, and what he's given us is important because, you know, he's got skin in the game in terms of our lives as well. Yeah, I think, I mean, just we can go on a bit of a tangent here. Uh, But I just think picking up on that thought of, you know, even God trusts us, so stewardship and our finances, God's trusted us with that. But one thing I find incredible that God's trusted us with, especially as Christians, is His message. Like, He's actually trusted us. Like, when God thought, how do I send my message of grace and love and salvation to the world— I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to entrust it to a bunch of people to try and share that message to those around them. And I just think, man, that's, a, that's an incredible privilege to be trusted with the message of the gospel. And uh, I, I just for a second, just love to open that up. But just part of being entrusted, one thing I've been entrusted with is actually God's message, His gospel. And I know when I'm trying to send an important message, I think about the vehicle in which I want to send it. I'm not going to send my wife a status update on Facebook about some things we want to talk about. I want the mode of communication to be right for the message I'm sending. And God goes, you know what the best mode to send a message of love and hope to humanity is? It's just a bunch of people. Let's just give, let's extend grace towards them and believe that I'll share the message to those around them. I just want to open that up. I don't know if you got any thoughts. What does it really mean for us? Um, no, I was thinking about this and all of the things that God, you know, God started something by sending his son and then Jesus did this thing and then now we are left to execute what he did already. So it's already kind of done, but we are the executing part of this plan and um, what Jesus did was show through life and how he lived his life. And that's exactly, I think, that's all we really need to do is just how are we living our life? Like, what am I doing? How am I speaking? Um, What am I saying and how am I saying it? Am I showing kindness? Am I showing love? And all of these things. And I just 
think about, okay, cool, God, if, if you did this with love, then how can I do what I'm doing with love? And how can I say what I'm saying with love? And um, yeah, just how am I doing this with my life, not just with my, I don't know, when I'm at church or when I'm in a Christian environment? What am I doing with my life outside of all of these things? Yeah. Great. And <laughs> that's our first awkward moment of the whole panel. We've gone 24 minutes with that one. Well done, team. I'm proud of that. Uh, but, uh, you know, even just that thought, you know, our, our you know, God's entrusted us and, and how, how we live our life uh, sends a message about God. And so, and, and not just the... No, what sends a message about God to the people around me and not just the parts I like, but actually everything about me sends a message. So even how I manage the generosity of my heart, how I manage my finances, how I, how I deal with my life, how I steward things, is part of my message to the world around me about this God I believe in and, and serve. And, you know, when, even when it comes to like the message of the gospel, I reckon, you know, the, the responsibility of Jesus was to come and die and create the way and but then also he gives us the Great Commission, which gives us a responsibility to go into all the world and share that message and journey people to understanding on that message. So just a question, even, Reese, if you want to jump in on this one and just think, man, when it comes to the gospel, what's our responsibility in the context of all of this? Yeah, I think our responsibility is, I mean, not just to know the gospel, but to be able to share the gospel. It's easy to read a book or to gain the knowledge um, but it's completely different when you have to go into your workplace or your school or an environment that maybe you're not 100% comfortable with and then try and be like, oh, uh, do you guys know about the Savior of the world? He can change your life. Um, and that, you know, that's a pretty hard concept. But I think when you kind of realize that God's entrusted you with the message, it really it builds up faith in me. It's kind of like, it's a bit of a kick in the guts as well. So I'm like, man, God's entrusted this with me. And if I just go to uni, and I just sit in my classes and I don't talk to anyone. And I'm like, man, what a waste, what a waste of a messenger. But God's entrusted me. He might not have entrusted other people, but you know, then that it really becomes not a burden, but a big responsibility to share and and so other people can share it as well. Yeah, great. And you know, I love that thing that, you know, it is um you know, even that, that sense of I'm at uni, but actually it's not always the words I say, but the life I live that sends the, long, the, the most powerful message. Man, look at how they steward their world. Look at how, 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 how things... But it's, it's not just the good parts. It's everything. It's allowing God into, oh, man, they're pretty ordinary people. But look at what God's been able to do through them. And even just that, that thought actually of, oh, man... And my life, so even how I live my life and how I steward my life is not just about me living a good life. It's also about me being a message to the world around me. That can come with a sense, can easily come and feel like a lot of pressure. Uh, and you can either look at it as a great pressure or you can also look at it as a great privilege. Yeah. And uh, Seth, I, I don't know if you just want to uh, quickly, you're an uh, incredible ambassador for Jesus. And uh, just kind of talk about kind of what that means for you. Yeah, I, I think like, I completely agree. There are moments where it feels like pressure. And I think it, it, it's dependent on our perspective on what we're doing. When our perspective's about us and what we can get from it, it feels like a whole lot of pressure because it's a lot of us given a whole lot of stuff, you know. But um, I think when our perspective's on God and on people, 
uh, then it becomes a privilege. And so for me, that's probably something that I've always challenged, well, more and more challenging myself day by day to look at every, everything I do to see as a privilege to bring people closer to Jesus. Um, and how I do that, well, try to, I guess we're all out here trying, is day by day, conversation by conversation, meal by meal, um, uh, just seeing people, having conversations with people. We, today, we just dropped off some flowers to our neighbor because it was her birthday a few days ago. Um, we dropped off a Father's Day present to um, her husband and just seeing their faces and just, you know, and, and that, it was just a conversation, leaning over the fence, being an ambassador to people around us. Um, and just a quick, quick story is like, Something that's blown my mind is I feel like the moment we are leaning and being ambassadors or um, just trying to present Jesus to people, it happens in the randomest of places. So I've been able to lead people to Jesus on buses. A 90-year-old lady uh, asked me what I was listening to because I was deaf and playing the music really loud. And it was one of our songs um, that we wrote, a Corpus River wrote, and I played it to her and she just started crying. And then we opened up this conversation and just then I had the opportunity to lead her to Jesus. And that was on a bus in Monaco <laughs> outside the mall. Um, but I think moments where we're day by day, you know, bus ride by bus ride, uh, our eyes are open that we could be ambassadors and lead people closer to Jesus is, yeah, massive. That's really great. And for me, the Great Commission used to... Um make me quite like nervous and anxious because I, I felt like I wasn't someone like Saffron who just has these amazing stories of walking down the beach and then I get home and I've led two people to Jesus and I didn't have any of those stories and I felt really nervous about like sharing the gospel in my everyday world and it wasn't until I realized that there's actually you know the Great Commission is for every single believer not just for those that kind of feel like they have this gift or they are just really naturally confident to share um, what Jesus has done for them in their lives. And so I realized there's a natural way that I can share the gospel. It'll look different to the way that Saffron shares the gospel. It'll look different to the way that Hermina shares the gospel. But there's a natural way that God's graced me to do that. And when I realized that, then that's what brought me a lot of confidence. Yeah. And, you know, it's just in terms of the whole stewardship thing is, man, I want to be the best messenger I can be. And uh, God actually has entrusted me. And, you know, there's financial stewardship, but this is how I steward my world, how I deal with the gifts he's given me, what I choose to glorify with those. It's like, man, God's entrusted me with a lot of this stuff to ultimately bring glory to him. And I, I want to make sure I steward my life in a manner that sends the best message I can. But it's not about me being perfect. It's actually about letting a perfect God show his love. And if people can look at my life and go, man, that guy can do that, then anybody can do it. You know, like my hope is not to be perfect, but that through my life, people might see a perfect God at work somewhere through it. And uh, probably just last thing, uh, just as we finish up, uh, you know, for, for some people, many people watching it at different stages uh, of their journey, and especially financially, a lot of people in different spaces. And um, I remember after four years of flatting, uh, our flat kind of broke up and we went different ways and uh, realizing that a flatmate that earned less than me uh, had saved more and given more and in fact from the flat I moved back with one of my parents and he went on to buy a house now I'd earned more that whole time but what I had was a wrong mindset when I was praying for more money I just needed to pray for more wisdom uh, and uh, just that reality that for someone that might be watching who realizes man I haven't I haven't been the best steward or 
I, I, I haven't grown up in a household that's taught me principles around, around investment and understanding some of these things. Or, I ha- or I've gotten myself into debt. Like maybe they got a similar story to Matt. What are some, just a couple of key practical kind of steps from here? Because God's not wanting to condemn you about where you are. He actually wants, His principles are to lead you to green pastures, to lead you into the space of freedom uh, He has for you. But what are some of the, I don't know, Matt, if you want to just share, even in that moment of realization, man, I've gotten myself in a mess. What are some of the things you had to do practically to kind of to kind of get on the right track? Yeah, so for uh, me, the turning point was um, when I was just about to get married. So the thought of having to lead a household, um, a future family, uh, be a husband, um, a challenge was there because I didn't want to bring um, those people who I'd be leading, my future family, like through um, another financial poverty cycle. So um, for me, having that realization in mind, it was all about setting goals. So what do I want to achieve um, in the future? And the goal for me was um, to set up a better future for the future generation. And for me, that was so compelling that it would lead me to action, that I would kind of do whatever it takes to get things done. So practically speaking, um, I signed up with a course called um, Christians Against Poverty. Uh, They gave me some practical tools to help me through my budgets and put a plan in place to get me from being in debt to being um, financially free. So recommend that cap Christians Against Poverty. Um, I love um, how it says that, you know, confessing to God brings um, healing, but confession to, to people um, gives, sorry, yeah, gives forgiveness, uh, but with people brings brings healing. And I think it's exactly the same in this area of our lives as well. It's like, yeah, invite God into that situation. God can and will do something miraculous. But when we bring it to, to people, to, to wise people in our world who actually have authority in this area, um, that will help us to move from this space. You know, we, we go to this epic church. We're part of this awesome community full of people who actually, you know, really care about you and, and people who have real authority in this space. Uh, but it takes us to, to get over our pride and to actually go and ask for help uh, to, to say something, you know, and even uh, maybe if you see someone, you know, I think it might be an awkward conversation to have, but, you know, that relationship that my friend and I had was good enough for him to be like, hey, uh, you need to do something here to set you up for a win, you know. Um, to, if you see somebody in that situation, um, to set them up for a win, hey, this is what God has for you. Um, and, and so just to be there and the people point of view. Yeah, uh, yeah similar, man, like, you know, the... Uh, the people around me have taught me great principles and given me like a healthy perspective around finances but a lot of the practical things I've learned in dealing with that whole sphere uh, came from e-group like came from came from my leaders like you know taught me how to how to move money how to actually uh, steward my finances as well um, you know I, I love that money is actually like a pretty cold hard thing you can put in your hand like I can say you know I'm, I'm pretty sure I've been good with this and then my e-group leader went, okay, show me your accounts. Oh, oh, oh okay. You know, um, but, you know, that, that community has been super helpful in the, in the practical side also. So bring your bank statements to e-group this week. And uh, no, but, you know, one thing just to wrap up is, you know, the, God's whole plan for us is that part of His, His whole heart towards us is that we'd live free. It's just that we'd live a free life. And, uh, you know, finances has this ability, if it's uh, let to get out of control, it can actually end up taking control of us. 
And uh, but that's never been the 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 way God's designed us to live. In fact, in all areas of life, I mean, the the message of the gospel is that who the, you know it's He came and died to take on the cross for you and I to take on our sins so that we might live free. You know, the Bible tells us who the sun sets free is free indeed. There's so much in Scripture about the, just the desire of God out of His love for us. It's just for us to live in this space of freedom. And I even just pray, even while you might have been listening to this conversation, maybe it's a story someone shared or maybe it's just a, a sentence someone said that's just resonated with you. I believe even the Holy Spirit for some of us is just coming in and you know, bringing conviction, but the Holy Spirit brings conviction into our world to lead us into freedom. To Maybe it's just a conviction, man, I need to talk to somebody about this. Or I need to get a better understanding, but man, I actually need to get some help in this area. Or maybe I just need to bring a bit better uh, thinking into my world. Or, or just allow the Holy Spirit to actually have a say in, in how you're stewarding your world. But uh, last thing I'd just love to do before we finish off is that's just to say a prayer. And ultimately, God wants to live us a, fr- a fully free life, like I said. But really, this life of freedom starts, first of all, by our acknowledgement of Jesus as our Lord and Savior. You know, the reality is, Scripture says we have all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We all have. But the good news is, through what Jesus did on the cross, we are freely justified. See, God designed you to live in a relationship with Him. But it's only through what Jesus did on the cross that we can actually take hold of that relationship. Our sin caused the separation, but the grace and love of Jesus created a way for us to come back to Him. And I'd just love to say this prayer, just as we finish off, that invites Jesus to come and live inside of you, invites Him in as your Lord and Saviour. And I believe that you'd even experience a greater degree of freedom in this moment than you ever have before, just knowing actually all my sin I've been set free of, that Jesus has paid the price and that my eternity is secured in heaven, but I get to embark on the rest of my life here on earth with an incredible Saviour and an incredible King called Jesus. So I'd just love to say this prayer. Maybe at home you just want to close your eyes. Maybe you want to say it along with me. But come on, let's pray together. Jesus, today, open up my heart and I ask you to come in. Forgive me of where I've gone wrong, but today... I turn to you and I declare you are my Lord, my Savior. Come into my world. I want to live with you for the rest of my days and experience your freedom in Jesus' name. Amen.